Welcome to another edition of Lodging On Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor-in-Chief Dennis Nessler catches up with the leaders from three of the hospitality industry's largest and longest standing events to discuss the current state of business travel. The trio also addressed some of their respective experiences during COVID and how they navigated the challenges of reduced business travel, as well as some of their projections for the industry going forward. This is Dennis Nessler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. Uh, I'm here today with three preeminent uh, hotel conference managers to talk a little bit about some industry events and uh, get their insights onto uh, how they go about doing things and how the event business has been over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined by Jeff Higley, President of VHN Group. How are you doing, Jeff? Good, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Alice is coming on its 23rd uh, conference, correct? 23, yeah. 23. Time's flying. Right, exactly. And uh, you got a few other events going on uh, with you guys uh, as well during the year, right? Yeah, we just finished our high cap event in Singapore, a really successful event. We've, we're, uh, we're reintroducing high cap update into, into Hong Kong. Thrilled about that. We've got the high cap A and Z and Sydney, uh, and we also have two in Miami with uh, Chris, the Caribbean Conference, and Ola Latin America Conference, plus Alice Summer Updates. The list goes on and on. It's uh, a busy schedule. And of course, the other thing we're launching in January with Alice is Alice Design Plus, bringing the investment community with the design, construction, architecture community together. So that's been, we've had a lot of positive uh, reinforcement on that. So we're excited only about 75 days to go. There you go. Well, lots, lots on your plate, obviously. Um, Brent, uh, VP sponsorship, yeah. I'm sorry, Brent Tinter, VP sponsorships logistics for the Lodging Conference 29 uh, this year, right, Brent? That is correct. Uh, 2024 will be our 29th annual lodging conference. And thank you for having me, Dennis. Uh, it's our pleasure. Thanks for being here. Uh, we also have Lee Hunter, Chairman Hunter Hotel Conference, uh, which in March will have its 35th event. How are you doing, Lee? I'm doing great, Dennis. How are you? Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's, it's our pleasure. So so let's get right into it. Um, you know, we know COVID was, was quite a setback for anybody in the events business, um, from what I can see of all your events from the last couple of years, last, particularly last year, uh, things seem to be going pretty well and, and back to kind of where they were. Um, is that the case or, or is every, is this an industry fully back where it was? Jeff, you want to kick off with that one? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, I, I, are we back to exactly 2020 numbers yet? Not quite. We're getting there. You know, that was our record year for Alice. Um, but, you know, we're back in a, you know, in a very big way in terms of, you know, people want to be at events. Uh, remember during the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, Bill Gates was talking about, of course, teams being, you know, the replacement for the net for, for all of our events. And that's not the case. And we all knew it then and we all knew it that now there's, there's nothing like face to face in the case of all of us here on this call. Nothing like face to face to make deals happen. So uh, you know we're 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 very strong, uh, and and you know the pace continues to grow. Yeah. Any other thoughts, 
Lee? Yeah, you know, we we <laughs> we canceled our 2020 conference less than a week out um, because of because of COVID, right? So we were, it, I, I remember vividly, um, it was Wednesday, March 11th. It was the first day of baseball season for my son. He had a 5.30 game, so I left the office at 5. Um, I looked at Teague, uh, my brother and partner in crime and all this, and said, hey, I need you to call these two sponsors. Um, I'm going to call these two sponsors and just see how they're feeling. You know, if we actually go forward with this next week, will they be in attendance? And then I'll circle back up with you. So I leave from my car. I, I called, you know, our contacts at Hilton and Marriott and, um, and Teague was on the phone with our contacts at Choice and Wyndham. And I get to the ballpark, getting ready to watch a baseball game and call Teague. And he's like, yep, you know, Choice and Wyndham will be here. I said, great. Hilton and Marriott have said they'll be here too. Um, great. See you in the morning. Um, I start watching a baseball game. Um, during the baseball game, it comes out that the NBA has uh, indefinitely canceled the rest of the season. Yes. Um, late before the end of the game, um, President Trump closes down the closes down our borders to all interna international inbound travel. And by nine o'clock that night, uh, another citywide going on here in Atlanta um, announced it was canceled. Yeah. So at 5.30, we were on for next yeah. – 5.30 on Wednesday, we were on for uh, the following Wednesday. Uh, get in the office Thursday morning, the 12th, and we talked, and we're like, no, we can't do that. So we yeah. – a yeah. week, you know, inside of a week out, we, we canceled. Um, sort of the good news is we were the first to come back um, post-pandemic. Uh, and I guess that was May of 21, and as Jeff said – everybody was dying to get back together. Um, yes, we were, we had mask mandates uh, and that was, you know, a, a, a Marriott marquee rule as much as anything else. Um, so much so that by day two of the conference, nobody was wearing their masks. Everybody was, you know, happy to be with each other, happy to see one another, you know, good to be out. Um, and the marquee asked me from the stage to, to remind everybody to, to wear their masks. Um, but as an industry, everybody was was ready to get back together. And, you know, Jeff said, you know, he said it right. You know, Teams and Zoom are great, but they're no replacement for uh, in-person meetings. And in this past year for 23, you know, we had our record attendance for a conference. And I think yeah. that shows that. Yeah, I mean, we we all know how quickly that happened. Everything happened. It's nice. It's interesting to hear how how uh, that all kind of took place, Lee. Um, and, and I do want to get to some of the the lessons. And Lee, just to jump in real quickly, just yeah. I would just want to say kudos to you guys for when you guys did were the first ones out there, and also you had implemented the clear system, which I thought ended up working out really well, and everyone seemed to be, you know, amenable to it. And it was just kind of one of those things that helped bring everybody together. So kudos to you for being the first one back out on that. Thank you, Brent. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that that event as well. Um, Brent, uh, tell tell us about your experience. And uh, you know, we just came from the lodging conference a, a couple months ago, and uh, I can think also record attendance as well. Uh, 
that's yeah, that's correct. Um, this past year was our biggest conference to date. We had over 2,750 people there. Um, prior to the pandemic in 2019, I think we had about 21 or 2,200 people there. So we've definitely grown quite a bit over these last few years. Um, and I think to Jeff's point, yes, people want to be back out there. There's nothing like face-to-face. -face. People are really just chomping at the bit to have that personal interaction again. You know, and during COVID, sure, we, you know, we had to cancel, obviously, as 2020 as well. Um, in 2021, because we were later in the year, we actually ended up being able to keep our original dates in 2021. And we just found it really important, you know, to reach out during 2020 and leading up to 2021 to everybody that had previously registered, that rolled over their registrations to the next year, reaching out to sponsors, and just really keeping up those relationships, at least over phone and via email as much as possible, and just having that personal contact and connection with them. And when they were ready to come back out, everybody was excited to be there. You know, Dennis, if I could jump in real quick. So to, to build on what both uh, uh, Brett and, and, and Lee were saying, you know, Lee, when you guys came back, I remember that conference well. And it was funny because exactly as you said, you know, there were like three people on that Tuesday or, or on the second day that had masks on. And what that kind of I thought was an indicator of now that we look back on it was the the, the real um, uh, desire of people to get back out and be in uh, in, in the environment that they're comfortable in. And more, most importantly, I think it really that mentality set the stage for what we're all living with today. And that is the fact that we're all living with this and mm -hmm. we're all kind of adjusting to it. And we know that when we go to an event, um, you know, COVID may jump up and bite you and you just kind of work through it now. Um, so if you think about what we've learned in that time frame, uh, you know, what it seems like forever ago now, but really that was only what uh, two and a half years ago. Um, so, uh, you, you know, to learn all of that in that short period of time and for people to adjust their, uh, you, you know, their tolerance, their, their acceptance of, 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 of these illnesses and, you know, of, of, of the pandemic of, of, of COVID. But the silver lining to me is that now people do kind of get it. If they're really sick, they stay away. And I think that does kind of benefit us all. And, you know, we see that at our own events. You know, people are very, people are very careful, but they want to be there. Yeah. Any other any other changes or things that you guys have seen? Anything you've done within your conferences? Uh, you know, Brent mentioned the, the clear um the thing that you guys were doing lee at, at your events but uh any other any major changes to, to how you guys structured things whether it's food and beverage related or, or or anything not as not as much now as it was when we first um you know the first conference coming out of covid um we're now for all intents and purposes you know operating as we were pre-covid um, but that first conference coming out of COVID was very different. Um, seating was spaced. Um, we, you know, in the in the um, the sessions, you know, the seating was was spaced. We had four feet between chairs. Um, we had you know five chairs at a ten top round for for meals and things. All the meals we had to go we had to go back to plated. Um, to meals for instead of, you know, open buffet kind of situation. So coming out in, I guess it was May of 21, was very different um, from a COVID protocol perspective. But but now, you know, that we're a couple of years removed from that, it, it's, dare I say, we're cognizant of it. 
I think we're all cognizant of it, whether it be with our conference, um, any other conference represented on this call or any other industry event that we go to. I mean, I was at a, a meeting uh, a couple months ago now and post meeting the week after it came, comes out that, you know, three or four people at that conference, con you know, ended up with COVID. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's not gone. Um, still exist we still have to be cognizant of it but i think we're all you know with with the vaccines and you know people being you know aware um it, it's it's not as it's not as scary as it was seems yeah. like the only thing that really is carried over from those days is this you know there's far <laughs> fewer handshakes there's far more fist bumps right. yeah. and you know that's okay people are kind of adapting to that and you know, it's probably a good thing. Less germs being uh, spread is go. probably good, right? There you go. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, as somebody who's attended these events for, for many, many years, as I have with all of these events, all three of your events, uh, each one kind of has its own identity to me um, and, and and things that I think of when, when I'm getting ready to go. What do you do? How do you, what, what, what would you say is your, your secret sauce, if you will, as a conference, your identity, and, and how do you kind of create that and, and continue to, to foster that legacy? Brent, you want to start with that one? I know you guys kind of always sure. were the, the deal-making event. Yeah, no, we definitely do see ourselves as the deal-making event, but we also just kind of see ourselves as that relaxed, approachable event because we're at a resort. You know, we have a very different feel to begin with where we have that golf tournament and hiking excursion and pickleball tournament. So there's a certain element of fun that just gets incorporated in that because it's at a resort and everyone tends to be more relaxed. And that's kind of our you know pride and joy and our sweet spot is that relaxed, approachable atmosphere that's fun, but where deals get done. And that's kind of how we view ourselves. Mm -hmm. Jeff Lee, uh, same question. Go ahead, Lee. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we, from, from day one, we have focused on, you know, getting the, the actual owner, you know, investor uh, in the deal to the conference. Um, and so that's, you know, we've, we track it. It's an, it's a data point that we track and about 40% of our attendees are the actual owner investor in the hotel, right? And so we cater everything. And, and these aren't owners of, you know, the Ritz-Carlton, the Four Seasons, like you, you might have at, at Alice. Um, you know, these are, these owners, you know, majority of our own attendees own anywhere from five to 20 hotels. And they're the, you know, they manage those properties themselves. You know, they built up their companies over the years. And so when we get the ownership groups here, everybody else, who wants to do business with those owners and investors attend, right? So we place a huge amount of emphasis in our programming uh, and who our sponsors are um, to who, you know, who does that owner want to hear from on stage? Who does that owner want to see in the exhibit hall? Um, conversely, who does that owner not want to, you know, hear from on stage or, see in an exhibit hall. I mean, we, we turn away um, numerous groups who would like to sponsor. Uh, we politely say, no, um, you know, this is not the venue for you. Um, and we understand why you want to be here, um, but we don't believe, you know, that, that this is the, an appropriate venue, you know, for you to participate. So, 
you know, we're focusing on those ownership groups, um, what they want to hear, who they want to talk to. They want to talk to, you know, the architects and the brands and the lenders and the contractors. Um, you know, so we focus on those groups, you know, getting them here. And if the 40%, you know, of the attendee base are actual owners, and then those other groups will attend as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yep. so, so Dennis, you know, we kind of have a different uh, personality than, 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 than Lee and, and, and Brett's uh, uh, events. Um, you know, institutional investors are a big part of it. You know, we also, we're, we, we have the luxury, you know, the foresight of the founder, Jim Burba, who, you know, I think a lot of us owe a lot of credit to Jim mm -hmm. for what, you know, what he created and what he helped build in the industry. But, you know, he had the foresight to, you know, follow up with the UCLA Extension Conference back, at, you know, when it ended. And then in 2001 started started Alice. But, you know, we're fortunate we have the pole position out of the year. You know, we're in January. Oh, by the way, we're in, in Los Angeles where it's 72 and sunny most of the time in January. Right. And so all the people from the East Coast are like, yeah, let's do that. Let's network and, and let's make deals. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everything, every element is important. The content is extraordinarily important. Um, but, you know, it's really a deal-making conference. It's all about coming away, setting your table for the year ahead or even closing, uh, you know, closing some, some deals that might be loose from the following end. I mean, I, you know, I look at the, the, at some of the, the, the executives that come to our event and they spend, I don't know, 12 hours upstairs in the meeting rooms, you know, doing deals, bam, 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 bam. And, uh, you know, they, they, they come out of there looking haggard, you know, because they, They've just had these 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 long days of of deal making. So that's what it's really all about to us. Yeah. Is, you know, putting people together to make sure that you know we can get the deals done, or at the very least, you know, get the foundation built. So you know, in an urban environment like Los Angeles, you know, yeah, we don't have the uh, the resort experience. We've tried to add some elements to it, our food trucks, and you know, just trying to make it a little bit more. Uh, um, uh, relaxed um even some guys are not even wearing ties anymore uh so you know hey go figure it out uh, you know, in, in general you know it's just a it, we we just um you know, you know we feel fortunate that we're at the time time we're in and we put the put the best uh event on to set the table for the year yeah and i think jeff hit the nail on the head from it's a it's a timing thing right if you look at the the pace of all you know the industry, all these conferences, we're spaced out enough to where, you know, you're either finishing up a deal from the previous year or you're starting, you know, a new deal, as Jeff said, in January, and then you hit, you know, us in March, and maybe you're continuing on that deal conversation, right? Um, or, you know, whether it's a deal you started at Alice in January or you finished something up in Alice in January and you're going to start a new conversation on the next deal at Hunter in March, you know, and then you get to lodging in September and you're going to continue those conversations and work on those deals. And it's, I mean, as Jeff said, you know, everybody ends up in these meeting rooms, whether they be, you know, meeting rooms in the hotel. I mean, I know like my day job at Hunter Hotel Advisors as a broker is, you know, we, we have meeting rooms and suites at Alice and Lodging where we're meeting with our, our clients and people that, with whom we're doing business. Um, just like we do at our conference, you know, my team, yes, I'm on stage, 
you know, orchestrating and, and running the conference, but the rest of my day jobs team, you know, they're in meeting rooms doing deals. So I think the pacing and the timing of all of our conferences is very good. So when, hey, I'll, you know what, let's get together. We got an issue on whatever deal we're working on. Let's get together at Alice. Let's get together at Hunter. Let's get together at Lodging, um, you know, in a, in a week or two and, and hammer this out and figure it out, you know, face to face and not, you know, on the phone or by Zoom or what have you. Yeah, definitely. To both Jeff and Lee's point, you know, it is really all about the networking and the deal making. And I think everyone is coming to the conference and it's good to be back face to face. And they are looking to do those deals and they're coming there. They've got hundreds of meetings set up sometimes throughout, you know, over those course of the several days. And they're there to get the deals done. And, you know, we pride ourselves on our the fact that because our conferences are relaxed, people tend to be more approachable. And sometimes from that, the deals also come out. So. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Um how do you guys look at it? Lee, you mentioned earlier, you know, saying no potentially to some sponsors, uh, sponsor opportunities. Um, when it comes to attendance, uh, how do you guys look at a capping attendance and, you know, where do you kind of draw that line of obviously you're, you know, you're, you're in business to, uh, to make money, but uh, you want to make it sure it's a, it's a good experience for the attendees. Um, anybody can jump in on that. You know, we're, we, you know, we had, We'll call it 2,100 people last year, this year in 23, last conference. Uh, and that was our largest attendee number ever. And, you know, the 34 years we had been doing this. Now, co coming up on 35, do we think we have a chance of, of, of growing that? We certainly hope to. Um, so we're not in a position yet, you know, we, we might get there in the years where, where we need to cap um, attendance. Um, fortunately, our venue, um, is able to hold, um, you know, the, the numbers that we have. Um, look, in, in five, six years, what I'd love to say, hey, the venue we're at can no longer hold, you know, we're at 2,500, 2,600, whatever number we're at. Um, the venue's not large enough. We got to change venues. I'd love, that would be a fantastic problem to have. Um, but we're not there yet. So we haven't, we haven't had to discuss um, you know, capping attendance at this point because it's still manageable. Have we taken more space in the hotel where we host the event, uh, the, the Atlanta Marriott Marquis? Yes, we use 100% of their meeting space, ballrooms, breakout rooms, smaller meeting rooms, um, and that's grown over the years. We've grown into that space, but as of right now, uh, we're, we're not in a, a position where we need to, to cap um, attendance. Sure, Brent. I know you guys obviously switched from from the uh, Biltmore. Uh, I think for for space reasons, right? That is correct. Yeah, we outgrew the Biltmore, and since 2019, we've now been over at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge in Phoenix. Um, the Biltmore was a great, wonderful, intimate property, but we really did outgrow it, both from a standpoint of guest rooms, meeting space, ballroom space, and all of that. The JW offers us a lot more all across the board. Um, but that being said, we still do actually sell out every year, usually a few weeks prior to the conference. Um, you know, our thought is, you know, we obviously have also a reputation initially as being from that intimate venue of the Biltmore. We still want to keep it as a somewhat intimate feel, which to also means basically incrementally growing. So we don't want to go up 500 you know, people from one year to the next. So a little bit of growth each year is great. We've got room to grow at the JW, but we do cap it. We do sell out every year to still try to keep it as a little bit more of an intimate feel and not to have exponential growth from one year to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So our, so our approach is there's no cap. Um, you know, we've got, we're, we're at the 
the largest uh, uh, meeting hotel in, in California at the JW Marriott Ritz-Carlton and LA Live. And, you know, there's a lot of space there. We use every inch of it, but there's a lot of space there. Um, you know, I think when people think of Alice, they think of the lobby. And of course, that's a finite space and everybody wants to meet there. And, you know, that's where the action is. And it's, it, it does get very crowded, but we have so much space that uh, that's, a, uh, you know, beyond that in, in, inside the event, uh, as well as, you know, outside too, with the weather that's going on. You know, we're still hoping for the day that the, the that that second JW Marriott Tower gets built by uh, AEG. Uh, and, 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 you know, perhaps we'll be able to utilize that uh, to its fullest extent as well. So, you know, you know, the experience at Alice is frenzied. I think that's probably the, um, um, you, you know, word that many people would use because there are, it's a, it's a relatively short time frame. It starts Monday morning and it basically ends Wednesday at noon. So you're looking at about a, for the actual Alice conference itself, roughly 50 hours. And so there's a lot going on as we talked about the deals there. So I think the that that frenetic pace that 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 you you, you know is epitomized by that lobby experience. Mm -hmm. um, but you know we feel that you know the the, the no cap is needed. Uh, you know it'll kind of self regulate itself as long as people are having the experience that they that they're expecting and they want to have. Then they'll they'll keep coming. And you know we're expecting you know three thousand people to show up in January. So um, you know. The track record is good and, and the future looks uh, even brighter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we know the educational component is obviously a, a key element to these uh, to these events. Um, bringing in some of the big, uh, large uh, brand CEO, C-level uh, executives, et cetera. Um, when does that process start for you guys? How, how does that usually go? I mean, do you, you know, uh, do you need to get one or two in line before you get others to commit? Um, any any thoughts on that? I mean, it's really ongoing, right? It's yeah, it really we're, is. We're preparing for twenty four right now, but we're also talking about twenty five. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so it's uh, you, you know, we we have CEOs, you know, on the main stage. There's you know thirty five to forty CEOs, um, so they all like to come to Alice for the reasons we've talked about. Uh, earlier being right out of the gate. So, you know, that conversation is ongoing. And we also are fortunate where we have all those other events that we talk about. And we, you know, we have many of those CEOs uh, uh, there in, in, in Singapore. We had uh, uh, we had Tony Capuano from Marriott and and uh, Ali Malouf from IHG on stage. And, you know, the you know, for them to be in that part of the world, you know, it was a, a big attraction for our delegates. So, so you know, it's all about building relationships and 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 having them at the multiple events. And of course, Alice, you know, the big one, you know, attracts the most just because of all the things that we've talked about. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time, guys. I just want to kind of go around and get your final thoughts, general thoughts on twenty four and and how how the industry is uh, shaping up and and uh, and also how your events are looking uh, going forward. Lee, you want to start? Yeah. You know, I mean, we're Obviously, we're now inside of, you know, five months. So we're we're in the the throes of planning right now. We've been, you know, we're at, we're ahead of schedule, which is nice. Um, you know, we've got speakers lined up. You know, as Jeff said, with all the CEOs, you know, we're already talking with some of them about twenty five. Mm -hmm. um, not yet alone twenty four. Um, 
but so it's an ongoing process. You know, like I said, you know, in my day job as a broker, you know, everybody's still looking at, you know, where we are, what's the deal flow look like, where interest rates going to be. So I think it's these conferences are going to be pivotal as we go through, you know, 24 to where we are, what is going on with interest rates? What is going on with, you know, construction costs and labor costs and insurance costs and all the things that these investors have to worry about on a day-to-day -day basis uh, and these operators have to worry about on a day-to-day -day basis. I think it's going to be pivotal that they show up at these events, attend these events um, to hear what others are talking about, um, whether they be, you know, that's at the cocktail party, you know, at, in the evening, or they hear it from, you know, the stage in one of the, the sessions, whether it be a general session or a breakout session, um, you know, they hear from others what they're experiencing in their day-to-day -day, um, life and how that may apply to their day-to-day -day life. Yeah. But I think 24, you know, as long as, you know, obviously the Black Swan event can happen anytime, we don't know about, but, you know, it'll yeah. be interesting. I think it's going to be great. Good. I hope you're right. Brent? So, you know, obviously we just wrapped up 2023 conference about a month or so ago, but we're already starting to plan 2024. I will say it seems very optimistic and enthusiastic out there. This year, more so than any other, at the end of 2023, I had sponsors and exhibitors coming up to me saying, okay, I'm ready to sign for 2024. So it seems that overall that everyone has a very positive outlook on this year. And we're looking forward to it. You know, obviously our conference this year is going to be a little bit later, actually. It's going to be October 7th to the 10th. Uh, at the JW Desert Ridge, about two weeks later. Um, but already starting to plan everything and it's already starting to come together. And like I said, people seem very optimistic already. Maybe a few degrees cooler. Hopefully, yes. That was our plan. <laughs> Jeff? Uh, well, you know, I mean, it, it, it's really hard to project completely what's going to happen because that, that, that cloud, there are kind of two clouds hanging over us with, is a recession going to happen? And oh my gosh, it's an election year. Uh, so, you know, we don't know what's, what, what that's all going to mean for everything. But in general, what we're hearing heading into Alice, what we just heard in, in Singapore and what we just heard in, in Sydney in, in, in late August with our event there is, is that there is a lot of optimism. You know, it's a, right now it's still very much all about conversions uh, and, 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 you know, the development people are kind of waiting their turn. You know, construction pipelines are starting to fill in, which is a good indicator for all of our conferences. You know, I'm sure Brent and, uh, and, and, and Lee agree that, you know, when that development is going strong, you know, it's a strong conference environment. So, you know, right now heading into Alice 76 days away, um, you know, the, 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 the general uh, uh, state of mind is very, very optimistic, but with a little cautious I hate to say, you know, I won't say that I won't say that word, you know, with just some caution about where the, um, um, you know, where, where it's going to go in terms of the economy. And, and uh, but, but, you know, right now things are strong, regardless of the region in the world. Some, you know, Asia is a little bit behind even the U.S., about a year behind. China's just starting to travel again, the mm -hmm. Chinese travelers. So, you know, from our whole, our whole entire portfolio of events, there's always a little bit of a different twist on each one based on, on the current environment in that region. And uh, I, I think it's safe to say that optimism rules in all of the regions right now, uh, albeit it's, you know, stronger in some than others. 
Yeah, well said. You were you're going to use that dreaded cautious optimism, weren't you? <laughs> Tried not to. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very very well said, Jeff, and I appreciate uh, all your thoughts and and time today. And um, good luck with your events next year. I, I know uh, we'll we'll all be in attendance and and looking forward to them. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, yeah, Dennis. Dennis. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.